This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas Hospital Association. Hello there and welcome to The Plain Spoken, a podcast produced by the Kansas Hospital Association. I am Tara Mays with the KHA, and as your host for today's episode, I am so excited to have the opportunity to introduce you to Representative and Chair of the House Health and Human Services Committee, Brenda Landwehr. Representative Landwehr was elected to the state legislature for the 91st District in 1994. Born and raised in the Wichita area, she graduated from Wichita North High School in 1973. She and her husband, David, have three sons, David, Mark, and John, and four grandchildren. She and her husband have been business owners since 1977, owning LT Care Solutions, Inc. Brenda has been very active in her community, serving as past Little League coach, Cub Scout chairman, and past president of Christ the King School Board. Brenda has served on several mental health advisory boards, mental health association boards, and the Salvation Army Foster Care Advisory Board. In the legislature, Representative Landwehr not only serves as chair of the House Health and Human Services Committee, but also as the rotating chair and vice chair of the Robert G. Bob Bethel Joint Committee on Home and Community-Based Services and Can Care Oversight. In addition to that, she serves as the, on the K-12 Education Budget Committee, the Redistricting Committee, and the Appropriations Committee as well. She is a very, very busy person. And before we get started, I do just want to welcome you to today's podcast, Representative Landwehr, and thank you so much for joining us today. Tara, thank you very much for this opportunity. It's always good to visit with you and the uh, Hospital Association. Well, we appreciate you being here. So to get us started, we'll just go ahead and jump right in. If you could, obviously, I've told a little bit about your background, but tell us a little bit about your background and really what got you interested in serving in state politics? Well, it was kind of one of those things in 1994 that, uh, like most people, you complain and talk about politics. And I decided, well, you know, I can sit here and keep complaining or I can do something about it. And it was time to put up or shut up. And so I just put my hat in the ring and and I ran and here I am today. Well, I think that that's a really progressive way to look at that and get get your feet right in there. (laughs) I appreciate that. We're lucky to have you and thank you for, for being willing to serve. So tell me a little bit about what makes your particular house district unique in the in the scheme of all of Kansas. Well, I think you know we have uh, a variety of of incomes, which uh, I you know I love the opportunity to kind of represent what Kansas is about, and I do have the Sedgwick County Zoo in my district, and probably one of the only district that has quite a few lakes with homes around them because uh, we've had a lot of sand pits up in this area. So that makes it pretty unique. Well, if I can just say, I took my family to the Sedgwick County Zoo last year and I hadn't been there in several years and it is an amazing place to visit. What a wonderful community asset that you get to represent in your district is really wonderful. So this particular legislative session, um, as our members are are well aware and, and you are as well, has saw a lot of um, it's different. It was a lot different in pace and, and, and in tone um, than sessions past. But there was a lot to celebrate and a whole lot of 
progress in some of the critical areas of importance to our, our membership, the Kansas hospitals. Um, can you tell me just a little bit about some of the critical investments that the state of Kansas and specifically the committees that, that we mentioned that you serve on made in some of those areas, particularly in behavioral and mental health, which I know is important to you. Well, I think we're all pretty excited with what happened with House Bill 2208. And, you know, the the thing that's probably of most interest for your association would be the new federal designation on rural hospitals. You know, it's something that we've waited for for many, many years so that we can hopefully get our rural hospitals kind of right side sized, excuse me. And, um, at first, we had some committee members a little concerned with that because they thought, oh, that means that we're going to make them so much smaller and people get laid off. And it's like, no, it means that you'll probably be able to keep your hospital. Because a lot of times what we have found that happens is that the footprint is so big of hospitals in rural Kansas because at one time they that was needed. And today it's no longer needed. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. And then I think the uh, $10 million access to grant money for rural hospitals to help them actually come in and right-size that. So for every $2 that they are able to come up with, the state will match that with $1. The other part of that bill would be what we refer to as the CCBHCs, which is Certified Community Behavioral Health Centers. And I kind of sum it up as this is like putting our community mental health centers on steroids. It will provide more access, better access uh, to behavioral health services. And it also provides for a cost reimbursement rate, which is more like our federally qualified uh, health centers that we have across Kansas. So that also means that we won't compete quite so uh, hard against our border states and be able to pay uh, competitive wages. The one thing that we will fight, like everyone is across the country, is not necessarily having enough of the workers in the behavioral health. So that's kind of our our next step is we've made some headroads along that line, but we've got to figure out how do we get more people into the behavioral health system as workers. Yeah, I appreciate that. Big questions there. You guys made a lot of really great progress. I know our members have been really watching that closely, both the rural emergency hospital designation as well as the CCBHCs and and all of the good work that'll be done uh, in the state of Kansas from that really good legislation that came out of this legislative session. So I know you as chair of both the House Health and Human Services Committee, but also in your service to the House Appropriations Committee, you really get a unique uh, viewpoint and understanding of how we can strategically invest our state resources to really overcome some of the policy and the regulatory hurdles that can be crucial um, in the state of Kansas. So can you talk a little bit about that unique vantage point of serving in both of those committees and how that how that sort of plays out in the overall legislative process and grand scheme of things? Well, I, you know, I've been very fortunate to have served a few years on appropriations. And if you want to see almost everything in government, that's kind of the committee to see that on. And I have found it very helpful because in previous years, I have chaired the Social Services Budget Committee, which uh, pertains to a lot of the, the issues that your people are, are concerned with as well. And it, it helps me when I am working on policy to be able to balance the financial side along with with the policy 
you know, sometimes we have legislation that moves through and it has a tendency to, uh, you know, people want to just look at the financial piece, but they don't want to look at the human aspect of it. And that's where the policy and knowing what these, what the struggles are with the, the different organizations or, or groups that we have out there becomes, I think, very, very important. So it's, I think it's been a huge asset for me in what I do. Well, I think it gives you definitely a unique understanding and certainly balancing those perspectives of both the fiscal component and the human component, I think probably makes you really able to be successful in the overall legislative process. Um, So we appreciate all of your work there. Now, one of the things that I think our members, um, you know, sort of we've started kind of talking about um, from a legislative perspective, you all are in the state house from January through May during the work week, um, but you're also back at home and in your districts um, when it's both the off season and over the weekend. So I'm just curious if you could maybe share a little bit with our membership about how you balance serving in the state legislature at the state house in Topeka, but also staying t- in touch with your constituents back home and in some of those very neat places and some of those very special people that you represent um, when you're here. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, sometimes it can be challenging. Um, You know, as legislators, we don't have uh, full-time staff uh, to assist us with everything. So when you get us, you get us. And so I, you know, do a lot of uh, corresponding with my constituents via email. It used to be snail mail for a lot of years, and now email's kind of taken it over, which is it's got it definitely got advantages to it. And then I also have a a website that people can, you know, stay up on some of the things that I'm working on, or events that are coming up on, or they can also contact me on that as well. And then, of course, you use social media and Facebook is the the format that I use for that. And then we try to, in this uh, area, there's three or four of us legislators that are represented by one senator. And so we will uh, put together our own forums and have an opportunity to visit with our constituents in that matter. That's really, that's really nice. I think that's a special balance that people sometimes don't always recognize that the fact that you all don't have full-time staff. So that makes you really accessible to um, Kansans that want to talk to you about policy issues. And so tell me just a little bit before we go into the rapid fire questions, how important do you think it is for um, constituents to just reach out to their policy uh, makers to let them know um, how, you know, how different policies impact them back in the district? Because I know some of our members don't always know how important and how much our legislators do rely on that. Oh, it's it's definitely a big deal. I know that, you know, over the years I've had different pieces of legislation that I've worked on because a constituent did contact me. And and during the course of the conversation, uh, I was able to gather enough information and then go back and, and work on a solution. Now, that doesn't mean every solution has to be done legislatively, but when it does, you know, that's what we're the vehicle for. And I'd like to say that all the legislation I work on was was uh, just thought up by myself and designed by myself, but it's not. It's, you know, several people coming together. Um, you know, it's like the, the work that we did on the, the CCBHC this last year. Uh, the importance of that was talked about through the CanCare Oversight Committee. It was talked about through the um, Mental Health Modernization Reform Committee. 
And then we talked about it in appropriations this year. We talked about it in health and human services. And it was just educating people the importance of it and why we needed to do this that allowed us to actually get that legislation passed. So it's very, very important, whether it's, you know, even if it's just to ask a question or just to get to know your legislators. I think it's important, especially with organizations like yourselves, for your uh, people to know who their legislator is and to develop that relationship. And, you know, you know, hopefully we can provide answers for them. And we will also learn as we go, because I do not work in the healthcare field in my private life, but I thoroughly enjoy working in the healthcare field in my, my legislative life. And, and I'm just as good as the people that are providing the information. I appreciate that. And I, I really uh, appreciate you sharing a little bit about the long-term consensus building process. Because sometimes I think when people come to a legislator, it might not be an immediate fix, but there's a lot of consensus building that happens through various committees, whether that's during the legislative session or some of those committees that you mentioned uh, during that happened during the interim. So appreciate you sharing a little bit about that. And if you're ready for it, now is um, kind of the fun time of the interview where we do some just a few for fun rapid fire questions. So these are the real tough ones if you're ready for it. Um, an opportunity for our members just to get a little bit of information about you and who you are. So fun things. Um, so tell us a little bit about what is your favorite sport to follow? Well, it's hard to pick just one, but I'd have to say Wichita State basketball, Wichita State baseball, Wichita State volleyball and softball. Um, you know, we're not a small enough town for the university to be what makes our com- our community, but we are a big, small town that Wichita State does play a big part in how our community comes together. And then, of course, any sport in which my grandchildren are participating in. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. Go Shockers. Um, tell me a little bit about your favorite meal. If you could pick anything, what would you pick for your favorite? Oh, that would have to be fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and corn. Mm, There's just, that's comfort food. (laughs) I love that. And I know uh, between your legislative duties and and what you have in terms of service to your constituents, there's probably very little downtime. Um, But what is your favorite way to spend downtime when you do get that? Well, it would have to be doing almost anything that's out, that's outdoors, uh, you know, because I'll do kayaking and boating, floating in the lake is is definitely a relaxing opportunity to have uh, fishing and doing it with my family. And again, especially it comes back to we're fortunate that all of our grandchildren are right here in Wichita. So I get to spend quite a bit of time with them and, and just watching them enjoy the outdoors is, is a great opportunity. That is so fun. Thank you for sharing. And what about your favorite movie or TV shows? Do you have any uh, recommendations for us or anything that's on your radar right now? <laughs> oh, I tell you, I'm a big fan of the, of the voice and the mass singer. Ooh, we love those. <laughs> at our house. We watch the mass singer with our kids and it is a really fun one. So appreciate you sharing that. And then our final kind of question that we have, obviously our Kansas hospitals, um, it's, been, it's been a hard year for everyone um, kind of going through the, the pandemic and COVID-19. Um, just would invite you to share, do you have any messages that you would like to send to our Kansas hospitals across the state? 
Well, I think I, you know, I definitely want to say thank you for everything that they do because uh, they are a vital part to any community that we live in <laughs> and definitely need their, their services and their skills. Um, I would suggest that, you know, always strive to, to be creative and, and think outside of the box because what we have found is that the normal is no longer working. Uh, you know, we discovered during the pandemic, uh, just we rapid fired actually uh, getting telemedicine off of the ground. And that's going to, you know, it's going to be here to stay, which I'm very happy to see. Now it's just trying to figure out how to fine tune it. How do we use it? What shouldn't we use it for? Uh, of course, you know, how does that get get paid for? And um, I think if they, you know, any, especially with rural hospitals, you know, it's, it's easier when you live in an urban area like I do. But I think in our rural hospitals is finding that niche. What makes them different? How can they make, you know, do something that's kind of unique that actually draws people to their community and, and not only in patients, but also in having the staff that they need with the doctors and the, and the nurses, et cetera. I appreciate that challenge to continue innovating. I think our members will really appreciate that. Well, Representative Landlier, we we definitely want to thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And we want to thank all of you that have joined us today for today's Plain Spoken podcast. Be sure to follow and rate our podcast. And thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you next time on Plain Spoken, the Kansas Hospital Association podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. For more information on Kansas health issues, go to kha-net.org.